Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pesky Pole Podcast, episode 110. How are you guys doing today? Joining me, we have Red Sox prospect. Just got drafted, I believe, in the 18th round out of the University of Connecticut, Zach Fogel. Zach, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. How are you going? Hey, we're doing pretty well, you know? Long day at work, but we still got to record. And oh, yeah. for the audience, I am very sorry. If you hear random ass trombone in the background, sometimes this is the only time we could get together and do this. And this just happens to be the time that my landlord decides to play the trombone at 837 at night. You know, we we live with it. We roll. All right. So as you guys know with these interviews, because we've had on quite a few Red Sox prospects, I actually had on. um, He he said he got to know you pretty well throughout your time in uh, um, rookie ball and in Salem. uh, Stanley Tucker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome guy. I love talking yeah. with him. But we had him on a couple days ago. And yeah, this is just going to be asking a few questions of you, letting Pesky Bowl Nation and Red Sox Nation as a whole get to know you. And just so they can know some of the rookies that are coming in, you know, even Sounds great as much as we can. So first question, who was your favorite player and team growing up? So crazy enough, I actually grew up a Red Sox fan. Uh, I, I, I in a small town in Rhode Island, so not too far from Boston. Uh, favorite player growing up, uh, probably John Lester, another lefty pitcher I kind of idolized growing up. Mm-hmm. I was number 31 on my travel ball team, so kind of idolized him a little bit. And, and they lost success, so it was awkward. Mm-hmm. And I was I was going to assume you were going to say um, Red Sox because I what, – what town did you grow up in? Because I, uh, I used to live in that area – or I used to go to school close to that area. Yeah, Cumberland. It's like right on the border. Cumberland, of Massachusetts. Yeah. Yep. No, I went to school right in Franklin, so I was legit, oh, yeah. probably Super ten close. minutes away from there. Yeah. Dean College, go Bulldogs. Even though that school kind of sucks. <laughs> you know how it is. But at what age did you decide that baseball was going to be your career? What age did you start taking it like really seriously? Yeah. So I got into baseball pretty late. I'd say like seven or eight years old my mom just like miraculously wanted me to sign me up because my my buddies were all doing it mm-hmm. and at first i hated it and then started making all-star teams and and i knew that that was the sport i was going to play for the rest of my life and i i also i played soccer and basketball growing up too but um baseball was my one true love i knew it right away as my favorite sport and in sophomore year of high school I stopped playing the other two and just honed in on, on baseball, started getting in the weight room a little bit more, and that's when I really saw uh, my career really take off in college baseball and all that started happening. Yeah, and that kind of leads me into my next question. Is that when you like started to get recruited? Because I saw that you started your career with Brown. So yeah. when did that kind of conversation happen, start with Brown, and how the hell did you end up in an Ivy League school? Okay. <laughs> Speaking as someone who got rejected from Brown University – how the hell did you end up there? Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I was pretty good at baseball, and that helped me get in there, which was awesome because it was a great opportunity to get a, a degree from an Ivy League institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it all started my sophomore summer. I was playing with a travel ball program based out of New England, and we were down in uh, Fort Myers for the World Baseball Classic. Uh, and I got back, and I got an email from them, and it just kind of – 
start spark some conversation. Uh, then I went up for a visit and they offered me and it was tough to pass down at Ivy league school. Uh, and my mom loved it. So, uh, Dude. that was, I committed later that summer. I don't blame you, man. I, I wish cause Brown is a very good school. Not even like talking athletics, just all in all great school. Um, and I'm very curious. What was your SAT score to get in a Brown? Ooh, 1300 i think it was low it was the lowest out of my class I'll tell you that that's that's out of 16 that's at 1600 yeah, 16, right 16, okay 16. good okay if it was out of 2400 i would have had a few questions but yeah at, at a 1600 that's still very good I mean, yeah, it wasn't too bad i'd take it like three times i think uh but they harped on me to keep getting it up and i think 1300 was good enough for them so it was good enough for me 1300 is plenty good enough yeah so from my research I saw you didn't get to play baseball for a full two years. I believe what it said was in 2020, it was a mix of COVID and injuries. Yep. And the second year, they just didn't have any games. And then let me make sure I'm getting this right. And then you came back two years later in 2022. How was that stretch of not having any baseball for two years? And what did you do in order to keep yourself in shape? And still mentally set without having baseball for that long. Yeah, so I mean, it was really, really tough. So in 2019, I had Tommy John surgery right after the my freshman summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then going into that, I was going to be prepared to make like a mid-season comeback in 2020. Okay. But obviously COVID happened and that didn't, that didn't uh, get to come to fruition. Uh, so I had to just, I mean me and all my teammates just had to go through that period of realizing that your college season's over. It was tough dealing with all the seniors and stuff and mm-hmm. really tough time to be on a team like that and see all those kids go and not be able to finish their baseball careers. Um, but then after kind of COVID not uh, got lessened a little bit and we were able to yeah. get out, um, it was still tough because like facilities weren't open. You couldn't just go to the gym, couldn't go to the yeah. school get workouts in so you had to find your own way i was lucky and fortunate enough that a couple christmases ago me and my brother asked for a squat rack and a little weight room in our basement so uh, i was able to still work out in a little bit and that was awesome stay in shape uh i mean just playing catch it was i think the toughest thing was uh not being able to get most of my rehabs done after my uh, tj surgery yep because pts were closed so i had to do like zoom uh, meetings for them to like I had to like massage myself it was it was tough but you know got through it uh just every day had the mentality of just trying to get better uh, I knew that baseball was something I want to do for a long time so just keeping that mentality and one day at a time just one percent better and I think that's what kind of drove me through that tough time of not being able to play and then as soon as I was able to play again it was kind of like getting the rust off the wheels a little bit uh get back in the mentality and in the mindset to figure out how to be a great player again. And then uh, things just took off from there. And it was awesome. Cause I saw like I was doing an interview a little while ago with someone who's, I believe he's a double A now shortstop for the sea dogs names, Christian costs. Yep. And I was asking him, I'm like, what were you doing during COVID? How did you get through it? He's like, yeah, just to stay meant like mentally there. I needed to make sure I had something. So he built a full bowling alley in his back. That's uh, in his backyard, like people doing crazy shit during COVID yeah. just to keep themselves like mentally sane. 
No, very so I was, I was just curious. Did you have anything like that where you were like you had a hobby that you picked up or something along those lines? Yeah. So to be honest with you, uh, I'd have the same schedule every day over COVID. I would wake up around like eight or nine, have like my classes that I had to do. And then I, as soon as they were done, I'd work out right after that, do what I needed to do. And then from about 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., I stayed up all night and played MLB The Show for about a year and a half. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, me and my friends, we all were in a party and we all enjoyed it. My team was really, really good. Uh, that, was, mm-hmm. that was a really fun year for MLB The Show. But I probably should have done something more valuable with my time, maybe learn a new skill, play the guitar, something like that. But I, I chose to play video games all day. Dude, I did the same thing. Really, <laughs> I would work from 7 p.m. till midnight. I would be on fucking Zoom University, which yep. was the worst thing, right? But I would be on Zoom University, go to work, get back home at like 12:30, and then me and my buddies would hop on play video games till like three, four in the morning, and then yeah. I'd have to get my sorry ass back up for 8 a.m. <laughs> I I missed a lot of class. <laughs> yeah, and just because it was so demotivating to like have to get up. And instead of, you know, actually go into a class, seeing your friends, all that. Exactly. Instead, you were just sitting there on a computer screen and looking at all your friends, not being able to like interact or anything like that. Exactly. That's it was crazy. so tough. Mm-hmm. So kind of switching a little bit. What was your biggest factor for you when you were switching from Brown University to UConn? Yeah. So I think, first of all, the first priority was just being healthy uh, after uh, a couple years in the wear and tear of a full season, I think my body was starting to be like, hey, you haven't done this in a while, buddy. Like, relax. Uh, so I worked really hard with the athletic training staff. Uh, they were awesome to me. Uh, the athletic trainer for the baseball team is probably the best trainer in the country, in my opinion. Uh, she's the reason I am here today. Um, so thankful for her. Uh, we did like a rehab program, got me in full shape, and I went from being able to throw once a week in inner squads and dealing with dealing with a lot of soreness to in the season for UConn. I mean, I, I had three appearances out of the first four games in one weekend. So just being able to get to that point where I could, you know, throw almost every day uh, and help the team succeed. I think that was my biggest turning point. Mm-hmm. And kind of going off of that, I mean, I, I don't want to sound harsh with this, but at Brown, you were yeah. averaging about a 7.5 ERA, mm-hmm. but then once you get to UConn in the span of a year, you yeah. drop that all the way down to fucking 187 through a full season and yeah. are kicking ass and obviously a guy that they can really count on. Is there yeah. any, I know you talked about the trainer um, a lot, but is there any specific thing you can attribute to having such an improvement over one season? Yeah, so... I think my role switching from starter to bullpen really helped me um, because as like a, I was like a back end long reliever type for UConn. So yeah. I would still be able to utilize like what I've learned as a starter from Brown, but being in the starter role at Brown, I, f- I felt a lot of pressure on myself because we didn't win a lot of games and I felt like if I didn't pitch my best, then we weren't going to win. So I put a lot of pressure on myself and mentally I feel like that's what hurt my performance. Uh, And then switching to the bullpen and being on a team that was already super successful, I could kind of take that pressure off myself and know that even if I didn't have my best day, like we still had a chance to win because we had a great lineup, a lot of great pitchers, really, really deep staff. So 
having that pressure kind of off myself allowed me to just thrive in the system and the coaching staff was awesome. Uh, and I mean, everyone at UConn was just so awesome. I mean, I'm so thankful for, for everything they did. It's from, from what I've seen, it's an extremely good school. I'm never going to be a fan of theirs in basketball, I'll admit that, <laughs> but it, it's a good school. Yeah. And, and also, like I said, I never want to like mention anyone's stats like that, but just no, to I mean, provide, provide for the audience who doesn't necessarily know you that well. Yeah. Um, Cause like I said, I were respect that you took the time out of your day to come on my shitty little podcast so i, I ain't gonna say nothing but no, I mean, uh yeah what were you gonna say i was i mean it's some sometimes you don't have the best season but you just got to keep working forward uh keep thinking that the next day next uh next outing whatever it is next pitch even like you just got to put the past in, in the past and and look in the present and uh, good things will happen to you all right, so moving on. You had a, like I said, stellar one year with UConn. But after that, decided to head to the draft. Talk to me about draft day. What was that process like for you? And how did those three days go? Did you go around where you expected? Do you think you were slept on a little bit? Talk to me about that whole thing. Yeah, so draft, I mean, that was probably the most anxious couple of days I've ever had in my life. Uh, Don't doubt it. Uh, so I obviously I knew there was no chance day one. Uh, I was going to be either a late day two, early day three guy, they said. Um, and then I watched all day two, watched every name called, you know, just kind of enjoying the experience. Uh, name it called, chopped it up, made some phone calls with, with my now agent. And uh, we were like, he called some teams. There's still interest for day three um and he was like oh probably like a couple of early rounds and then i'm watching it it's like super excited for it to start and then comes around round 15 and uh, my name still hasn't been called and i'm like oh crap like i'm starting to get really worried here shut my computer turned off the tv went back upstairs um and then just kind of get like i lost hope a little bit i mean uh, it was dwindling my chances. And then in the 18th round, I look at my phone and I got a text from the Red Sox scout and he was like, we're going to get you right here. So I, I walked downstairs. I didn't really tell my mom anything. Uh, she was still watching the draft and of course, uh, she had, was like super nervous on her phone and I just sat down next to her. I didn't really tell her. And then when the Red Sox pick came up, I kind of sat up. And, she, and I looked at her and I could just saw her face. She realized and I just saw her face melt down and it was it was awesome. Dude, and especially to be taken by your hometown team. Yeah. I'm sure that did something else for her. And plus, it's your mama, you know. She's the one who's been there through exactly. thick and thin with you, you know, through the hard times, the good times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, let me see. Next question. Um, and that kind of goes into my next thing. What was it like for you? for your hometown team to be called by the Boston Red Sox. And not only with that, but with the Red Sox being such a big market franchise and not necessarily for later round picks, but more for early round picks to kind of have that pressure on them. Did mm. you feel any of that? Like, holy shit, I just got drafted to the Red Sox. Did any pressure kind of get on you for that? Or was it just pure elation? Yeah. So, I mean, at first it was pure excitement, uh, I mean, getting drafted by your hometown team is a dream I think every baseball player thinks about. Uh, so being able to live through that was kind of surreal for the first couple of days. But then as it got more and more real, I think 
some nerves started to come and I was like, holy, sh- like, holy crap. I got, I'm a professional baseball player now. I got to act like it. Um, so like kind of getting ready to say goodbye to family for a couple months and family and friends after they just supported me through the draft and stuff, uh, was that was kind of the point where I was like, yeah, I need to, I need to do this and I need to, especially for a team like the Red Sox, like I don't want to mess this up, you know? So I put my head to the nose to the ground, started working really hard. And, you know, that's, I got to Fort Myers and, you know, I just tried to get better every day and, and I think it showed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was kind of when I messaged you at first for fans that don't know, this took about two months in the making for this interview. So after the Red Sox drafted you, you told me that they immediately brought you down to Florida. When you got down to Florida, what was your regular training schedule while they were getting you ready for rookie ball to start? And how much did that training differ from when you were in college? Yeah, so I think the main difference is obviously you don't have anything to worry about but baseball. So you show up to the facility uh, around 7 a.m., breakfast, then you go right into your uh, to your daily activities from activation to get your body loose uh, to dynamic warm-ups to plyos throwing program lifts conditioning all that get it done and then you're probably out of the facility by one if there's not a game if there was an fcl game uh, and towards the beginning of the time we were there uh, got home around four after that because uh, most of the draft guys weren't activated on the fcl roster until the last couple weeks of the season they wanted to get us acclimated to the environment and stuff like that and then you know after actually a long day in the in the heat uh we went to the pool most days we were pretty close-knit group i feel like as a draft class so that was really good able to spend some time together go get dinner and i think that was really cool too because it made us just so much more comfortable at the facility and stuff yeah no dude i mean especially with like like you said, with just having those guys who basically have had the same experience as you, you know? Um, so, so far you haven't played a ton in pro ball. I believe from what I saw about five innings worth of action so far. So still getting kind of used to it. Um, you still haven't given up a run though. So I feel like that's a success or an earned run. Uh, how do you feel about your performance so far with the Red Sox organization? Yeah, I, I mean, I think for the most part, it's gone pretty well. Uh, I feel like at some points I was trying to do too much, show too much instead of just doing what I know how to do. Uh, so I think that's like I, I had like an outing where I had a, a walk or two. Uh, so I've, I've been really trying to hone in on that. Uh, and But I mean, velocity was there. Uh, pitches look good. Uh, was was getting a decent amount of swing and miss, so I mean, all good signs. Uh, the the pitching coaches and pitching coordinators really liked what they saw, which was awesome, and it was it's good for me to hear, uh, just to like give myself some confidence because you know, as an 18th rounder, I mean, there's a lot of guys in front of me and stuff, so I felt like I had to prove myself a little bit, and going out there and be able to compete and and do pretty well, it was it was it was really good for me. And like I said, you can't you can't get much better than a zero ERA, you know. So yeah. I'd be I'd be at least happy with it. Um, so now that we're past the season, what's your plan for the off season? And if you could pick one skill to improve on over the winter, what would it be? Yeah. So uh, off season right now, they have me on a, a, a lifting program and a throwing program. 
I'm in a build-up phase right now, and then I'll head into a velocity uh, program and then uh, head into a command focus, I think, a little bit later towards the spring training. Um, and I think that's we'll just hone on on that and have a good focus heading into spring training to try to get better. Uh, one thing I try to improve on is, is probably just get my velocity up. I feel like I have the tools to be a really, really good pitcher uh, in this organization. So if I can turn my average fastball of like almost 94 to maybe 95, 96, touching a, like some, some high nines, I feel like that would really set me apart, especially as a left-handed pitcher. So having a focus of getting that VL up while also still commanding the strike zone, I think is it would be awesome. Let me tell you, um, this is one guy who is a close friend of the podcast. I believe, I could be wrong, but I think he's a lefty too. Name's Brendan Salucci up in double A. Yeah. Dude can throw 98, 99. Dude's yeah. fucking tank. And that's, that's one of my goals. I want to go up against it just to see how fast it is Oof. from the batter's box. I'm pretty sure I'd shit my pants, but it's okay. You know, well, it, it's good experience. Um, but what's the diet like that they have you on? Is there any sort of like sh- how strict is it or anything like that? So it's not super strict for me um, because they don't really want me to change too much uh, in my in my body type. Uh, they want me to be a little leaner. Uh, I'm at like 16.8% body fat right now. They want me to be a little less. They want me to be a, less than 15. So okay. uh, so not too bad. They want me to maintain the weight I'm at right now. So don't really have to cut calories or gain calories but for right now i'm just trying to eat clean uh basically all i eat is is chicken ground beef and eggs i feel like every day uh but i mean i i enjoy it i i enjoy like uh counting my macros and stuff like that i i've i've learned to uh grow and, and learn on that front so just you know making conscious decisions every day to i mean because what you put in your body is what you're going to get out of it so I've tried to be as, as clean as I can. And, and I think that fuels uh, recovery and all that stuff. So all, all good benefits from it. So you say all this, but everyone's got a cheat meal. Oh yeah. For me, oh. it's a milkshake. What is yours? Oh, I, I do love a good milkshake, but honestly, probably anything with ranch. I love ranch and when I I look at that bottle and I see the the fat and stuff on it, I'm like, oh, this is probably not a good idea. But probably like wings and ranch would be a good one. I mean, m- milkshakes up there. I'm a huge ice cream guy because I'm not a huge dessert guy, and ice cream is really the only thing I like. So, ice cream, milkshakes are my favorite. But yeah, those are probably the two things that I, I do love the most. Okay, out of all the cheat meals and stuff, I was gonna guess like a dessert, maybe a good burger, even ranch, just straight up ranch. I mean, just wings and ranch right now just sounds so good. I'm now I'm getting hungry thinking about Honestly, it. Honestly, that does sound good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank, thanks for that. All right. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna ask you to talk about the people who sign your paychecks now. Okay, yeah. you can be as honest or as not honest as you see fit. Talk about the Red Sox and their season this year. Obviously, are not in the playoffs. Their season is done early. They're off in Cabo doing whatever. You know, I've had my the fans have heard me ramble on about this team for hours. Yeah. How do you think this team did? Yeah, I mean, this year was a little bit of a struggle. Uh, had some some tough uh, runs there in the middle of it, but I think overall, I think we're in a really good spot. Um, 
the farm systems, I think number three ranked in all of the MLB, a lot of young talent in the bigs right now. Uh, so I think the future is really bright. Um, just cause there's one not so great season and we don't make the playoffs. I don't think that's any time to push the alarm. Uh, especially, I mean, with the young stars we have and in the good core, uh, I think, I think fans should be really excited about the Red Sox. And I mean, I've seen a lot of the prospects coming up and there's a lot of really good players coming up here. And it's, it's, it was weird to see high moon go uh, because it was just shook up the organization a little bit. I don't really have any information on why or what's going to happen next, but I mean, we'll, we'll see, I guess I'm, and I feel like I'm in more of the dark than anyone else because I don't really check Twitter too much. So uh, I feel like that's where all the information is given out. Uh, but, I mean, I think the season, especially with the division we're in, I mean, this is a really, really tough division right now. So there's a lot of good teams you got to compete against. So next year, I think we'll have hopefully get some more pieces. Uh, staff will, will come together, and I think the team's going to be really, really good. I mean, as you're saying with the division, I mean – you know it's hell when the fucking Orioles, who have been the you-know-what of the division for 10-plus years now, get 100 wins. The Rays are actually doing good with their money ball lineup. The Blue Jays are doing something. You know, I'm hell is frozen over is what I called it. It's hell tough. Is it's a tough time to be in the AL East, that's for sure. It's, it's hard. So, like I kind of said at the beginning, I want Red Sox Nation to get to know you a little bit more personal. So I'm going to give you a lightning round of questions and you Perfect. just got to answer them lightning round. All right, okay. cool. You ready? Yeah. Some of them are somewhat baseball related, related but we'll see. Cool. Who yeah. would you most like to meet in the MLB? Ooh, Mookie Betts probably. Mookie Betts, the same as Stanley. Who's your celebrity <laughs> crush? Ooh, cele- Natalie Portman. Love Star nice. Wars. Nice. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No, absolutely not. Wrong answer. Who was your favorite teammate in college or the pros? Ooh, favorite college teammate, I'm going to have to say Stephen Quigley at UConn. He was my throwing partner and really good friend of mine right now. Okay. Who's going to win the World Series this year? Ooh. See, I hate to say it, but probably the Astros maybe. Oh, Hopefully not. I don't want them to win. I mean, I'm, but, I mean, they have a really good team right now. Maybe, maybe the Dodgers will actually win one this year. Who knows? But – Hopefully, I wouldn't mind Mookie getting another. Yeah, true. You know, but um, I'm hoping. I, I think it's got either gonna be Braves or Loki. I'm hoping the Orioles win one, just because. I mean, though, why not? If the Orioles do deep in this playoffs, I'm really gonna be rooting for them. Just I love the underdog. You know, what I mean, it's it's a good Me story. Too. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite hobby outside of baseball? I'd probably say fishing. Fishing, nice. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Can I say be exactly like Spider-Man? Because that's that's who I want to be. I nice. love Spider-Man. What is the great, greatest rivalry in sports? Red Sox, Yankees, for sure. Obvious answer. Uh, last one, what is your favorite sport outside of baseball? Uh, probably, probably football to watch, basketball to play. Nice. I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I love playing basketball, my friends. Okay. So... Another one that's completely outside of baseball. Yeah. We are going to blind rank some of the most famous Zacks of all time. Oh, geez. Okay. So one through five, you're going to have to blind rank them. You ready? Okay. Yeah. First guy is Zach Bryan. 
famous country singer. I don't know how big you are in the country, but I, I do like country. Uh, not too big of a fan of Zach Bryan. I'm gonna put him. I'm gonna put him at three. Damn, I love his music. All right, um, second, Zach Galifianakis. Ooh, I'll probably probably put him above Zach Bryan at two. Wow. Okay. Yeah, basketball star Zach Levine. I mean, watching him in the dunk contest was pretty cool, but I think I'm going to have to put him at four. At four. So you got one and five left, yeah. okay? The next one, Zachary Levi. In case you don't know who that is, he's an actor. He was in Shazam. Uh, he's a voice yeah, of Wood Rider in Tangled. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen some of his movies. Not too fond of them. I'm going to gamble here, put him at five, and hoping I'm going to get a good one here for number one. With all due respect, you done fucked up. Oh no! Okay. Think, think about your number one. It's gonna be Zach Wilson. Oof! Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I'm, I'm glad this isn't a fantasy draft, and I got stuck with him because that'd stink. No, that's that's tough. So, <laughs> final question, and I want to seriously thank you for spending a half hour yeah. with me on a random ass awesome. Wednesday night. It means a lot, and I'm sure. Uh, Pesky Pole Nation is going to love to get to know you. Oh, yeah. And follow your journey through the Red Sox as you keep going through the levels. Of course. I ask this question to every athlete I have come on the show. Say that there's that kid in high school who's unknown, who wants to make yeah. it to D1 college ball, or that kid who's at an unknown college trying to make it to the MLB, or just struggling in college trying to make it to the MLB. Seeing as you were in their shoes at one point or another, what advice do you have for them so they can make their goals? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I feel like that really hits home for me because when I was at Brown, you know, I had some interest, but then after COVID, I feel like that kind of dwindled. People didn't really know about me, stuff like that. Um, so I feel my mentality was just, like I said earlier, just get try to get better every day. And it doesn't have to be overboard like oh i gotta throw harder every single day like there's so many different ways for you to get better And i think something that really helped me was working on my mental game uh i met with this guy about like probably once a week every couple of weeks just talking about like confidence and and how to increase that and good self-talk and into your baseball game and i think that really was a stepping stone for me of just realizing that like you're great. I'm a great player. And I had to, to kind of understand that my past didn't really have to affect my future and stuff like that. So just realizing that and just having the mentality of getting better every day, I feel like nothing can stop you at that point. Cause I mean, you feel invincible you feel like no one's going to outwork you and stuff like that. So, I mean, if, if you give up, that's on you, but if, if you want to pursue your dream and if it's really your dream, I feel like you're not going to give up on it. And, that's just where that mentality has got to come from. It's got to come within and just be a better player every day. And I think stuff will work out from that because, you know, you just, you just push yourself more than anyone else will. Dude, that was beautifully said, man. Thanks. So with that being said, once again, huge thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, Pesky Pole Nation, hopefully you guys will follow his journey as he keeps going. Hopefully, I don't I, let me. I know I said I was done with questions. I got one more. Yeah. Not including because I know that would obviously be the answer. What place in the Red Sox organization would you most like to play between Portland, Salem? What's yeah. that? That's a probably a great question. I mean, 
I'd probably say Portland, uh, which my family would probably be mad at me about because Worcester's closer. But uh, I mean, I think the Portland area is just awesome. I mean, it's it's a great town to be in, uh, and Sea Dog's a cool name for me. So I'd, I'd probably say Portland, but Worcester close second, other than Fenway. Have you have you seen the Portland Whoopie Pie jerseys? I have. All yeah. right. I would love to rock one of those. Oh yeah, okay. that's all I'm saying. Those, those are, are some cool. badass jerseys, and that <laughs> is definitely the correct answer. Because all respect to Worcester, but I, I <laughs> let, let me just say, I did the ballpark is nice once. though. Never again. The ballpark is nice. Yes, I will say that. I miss Pawtucket though. I miss Pawtucket. I do. I grew up going to those games too, so it was sad to see. Sad to see, man. But that being said, to the fans, thank you so much, guys, for listening or watching. Once again, I'd like to formally apologize about the random ass trombone throughout about half of this. You know, <laughs> you got to record what you got to record, you know? Oh, yeah. But thank you guys so much for listening and watching. God bless each and every one of you guys. I will see you guys next time. I lost my best friend to 23. She left her body and hovered above me. I saw no shadow. I looked around, searched every building and home that I found. I saw no shadow, but felt a glow. The warmth inside me kept me afloat. Felt like heaven, I found my bones. And gave me comfort when I feel alone. Now you're gone, I'm alone. I guess it's times you get better. Through the pain, I will go alone. Best friend to 23, she left her body and hovered above me. Best friends.